Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. TC, let's get it for everybody that's new here today. Man, we welcome you guys. So excited you're here. Man, we are pumped. Before I kick off today, I just want to put a few things in front of you right away to let you know some of the things that's just happening at TC in the next few weeks. And so we want to make sure that you have the opportunity to be a part of them if you want. The first one is Vision Sunday is next Sunday. All right, so the 13th of November. And uh, it's going to be incredible. Man, we are so pumped about Vision Sunday. And we're going to do a few things. We just want to let you know about them so you can make sure you're able to take part if you want to. The first one is we're going to be taking up our legacy offering next week. All right, and our legacy offering, for those of you that are new, we only take take two special offerings every year. One is our legacy offering and the second is our first fruits offering. All right, everything else other than that, we just have tithes and offerings like we did earlier and, and that's it. But our legacy offering is unique because we have legacy lanes. And so TC projects, local missions, national missions, international missions, 100% of that offering that comes in, we're giving to those areas. So we're not, we're not trying to keep any of that for us. We're giving all that away. And we want to invite you, you, we want to invite you to ask God what you should give in that. And just be obedient to whatever he says. All right, we don't try to manipulate people when it comes to money. We just want to invite you into the opportunity to make an impact in some amazing people and organizations. And so uh, the legacy offering is going to be happening. Second, we're going to be casting vision for 2023. There's some big things coming. Turn your neighbor and say big things. Big things coming to 2023. We want to make sure that you're able to be a part of hearing all of it. It's going to be amazing. So make sure you're here for that. And then last but not least, uh, we're going to be giving you an Imagine update. Uh, and so our Imagine campaign, we're going to be able to give you an update on that in regards to expanding this building, we're adding, uh, we're adding about 13 to 15,000 square foot of usable space to currently what we have right now, which is going to be amazing. And part of that is renovating about 10,000 square feet in the building next to us. So there's some amazing things happening. We want to give you an update on, on how that's going. And we're trying to raise money for that process. Uh, and so we want to make sure that you know about that. The next thing I want you to know about, so that's on the 13th, the 20th and the 27th, we're doing church at the movies. All right. And so uh, <laughs> church at the movies is a blast. And so literally we're going to have worship the way we usually do. And we're going to play a movie next, uh, the 20th and the 20, 27th, those Sunday, where we've edited a movie down to fit into our time frame. And then we're taking the storyline of the movie and we're preaching a message based off of it. And so all the preaching is going to be put into the movie. So listen, if you know, if you have any friends that are like, man, I don't know about church. I feel like they're all the same. Bring them that Sunday. Okay. Because trust me, they're going to get church they ain't never seen before. That We'll literally have popcorn being made out there. We're going to have candy, Snickers bars, M&M, Skittle, the whole nine, can Cokes and Sprites and all kinds of like, it's going to look like the movies in this joint. I think they're getting a red carpet this year. Uh, we're going to have princesses and superheroes was walking the hallways, taking pictures with kids or adults that act like kids, you know, whatever. So it's going to be an amazing time. Bring your friends. Listen, the, the method isn't what sacred the message is, right? And so we're going to preach Jesus, but we're going to use everything we can to help introduce people to him. So make sure you hear and make sure you bring some people. Those are going to be some awesome Sundays. All right, let's jump into what we have for today. Turn to your neighbor and say, what's next? We spent the last nine weeks going through our code as a church, talking about who we are and why they matter. And so we've done that throughout all the last nine weeks. You can go check those out. If you're online, you can check them out. If you're here, you can go home and just look through the code statements from the last nine weeks. Today, I want to talk to you about this idea of what next. I'm talking about what's next. Me and Nate's been playing golf lately. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing that makes you want to double check whether or not you're saved than golf. Anyone that's ever played golf, you know exactly what I'm talking about. 
because you're hitting this tiny little ball with this really long club and you're expecting it to go right where you want it to. And I'm telling you right now, it never, turn your neighbor and say never, never goes where you want it to. All right. And there are some moments where it ends up on somebody else's green way over there and I didn't hit it over there. And so I've lost that $1 ball and you do that 20 times and you've lost 20 dollars, right? So uh, it's a frustrating sport. And so Nate looked at me the other day and he was like, dude, are we even getting any better? And I was like, we've played, we're playing like twice a week right now, like early morning, like 730 in the morning, we're playing golf so we can be at work, right? And we're like, he's like, are we even getting better? And I was like, dude, I don't know. Like, I really don't know. We got nothing to show for it. All this money, all this time, our wives said amen to money, all this money, all this time, all this exhaustion, right? Trying to get better at something is like, man, I, like there are literally sometimes uh, I'm on the course and I'm like, I don't even think I want to do this anymore. Like, I hate this. I'm not good at this. I can't wait to come back tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> and so we're in there playing and, and it made me start thinking about just this message in general because I have a question for you based around the idea of not feeling like your life is going the way you want it to. And the question is this, have you ever been tempted to live in the past because of the uncertainty of the future? Have you ever been tempted to live in the past because of the uncertainty of the future? In other words, because I don't know what tomorrow holds or next week or next month, I'd rather live in what I know is behind me and not take the chance of what is in front of me being better because I'm scared of the unknown because the last time I went into the unknown, it didn't turn out very well for me. And that's what I want to talk about today because we're dealing with this idea of what's next because I believe the enemy, say enemy, I believe the enemy has convinced far too many of us to stand still rather than moving forward with our faith. And see, I think think for many of us, we believe the enemy's greatest goal is to get us to go to hell. No, I think the enemy's greatest goal is to get us to be ineffective on our way to heaven. For those of us that are in Jesus, we're in Christ, we belong to him. I believe God has done his job. So the enemy goes, I may not be able to get that one to go where I want him to, but at least I can make him ineffective on the journey to where he's going or her. And that's what we want to expose you today, this idea of what's next. And I think there's ever been a story in the Bible where this happens. It's with Peter and the disciples in John chapter 21. So let's go there today. We're going to spend almost all of our time in this story with John chapter 21. Now to catch you up on what's happening while you're turning there, you're going to verse 3. But while you're, while you're turning there, to kind of catch up what's happening, Peter has denied Jesus the three times. We, most of us know that story, right? Jesus told Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter goes, nah, bro, not me. That's the BLV, the Brad Livingston version of the Bible. Okay, so he says, no, nah, I'll, never, I'll never do that. And Jesus says, before the rooster crows three times, you will deny me. And he did, in fact, deny him three times. And so after that has happened, Jesus has been crucified. He's resurrected. And since he's resurrected, he's showing himself to the disciples after he's resurrected. But he keeps doing it in really cool ways, right? So he wants to show up to the disciples. He doesn't just open the door and walk through. He just walks through the wall. Right? Could you imagine? Like, here you are minding your business with a public sub. You know what I'm saying? Just shine. Oh, God. Like, right? So he walks through the walls, and he keeps showing up in weird ways. Listen to me. And people ask, well, why did, why did Jesus keep showing up in ways that seemed unusual? And he was trying to show them, I'm just as present when I'm not with you as I am when I am with you. And it's always important that we understand that just because we can't see Jesus moving in a season doesn't mean he's not in that season. And so... Peter and the disciples are sitting there, and that's where we pick up in verse 3. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. 
And they said to him, you know what? We're coming with you. And they went out, they got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. Say nothing. If you're in your Bible, circle that word nothing, underline it, whatever. Let's go to verse 4. But when the day was now breaking, Jesus stood on the beach. Yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. So Jesus said to them, children, you do not have any fish to eat, do you? And some translation says, have y'all caught anything? (laughs) He knows that they did not catch nothing. Anyway, so they answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you'll find the fish. Now, how many people are petty like me? If someone were to be like, hey, I know you've done it the whole night and you've probably cast nets on both sides, but just throw it on the other side real quick. How many of you would be like, mind your business, bro? Okay, cool. The rest of y'all, no? You, okay, like, I'd be like, I've thrown it on that side, that side, the front side, the back side, the north side, the west side, the east side. No one dropped a beat from that. That's crazy. Okay, so, <laughs> but he's like, throw it on the other side. And the disciples are like, and I love the fact that they're like, all right. So, cast it on the right side, you'll find fish. And then there, it goes on to say, therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. So when Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment and he threw himself into the sea. And the part that I left out there, they throw them down the other side, they catch a ton of fish. And it's like, oh, wow, isn't that interesting? They had thrown the net on the other side, but they caught the fish when they did it the way Jesus said. And I want to give you just four real quick things before we get into the bulk of what I want to talk to you about today. Four real quick things. The first thing I want you to understand, I want to make sure that you've locked in. There will always be a temptation to go backward rather than forward when what's in front of you is unknown. There will always be a temptation to go backward rather than forward when what's in front of you is unknown. Right? I think they're going to throw these up there on the screen for you. I want you to understand, when we're talking about going backward, there there will always be a temptation to go backward. God will limit, and listen to me, God will limit what you can receive in this season if you're not doing it his way. There will always be a limitation to what you get out of this season when you're trying to live this season the way you want to live rather than how God wants you to live. And so we always want to understand, right, there's a limitation when you're not progressing in the calling that he placed on your life. There's a limitation to where you can go. The second thing I want you to understand when we look at the story with uh, with Peter is we can still find Jesus even when we've searched for him in all the wrong ways. We can still find Jesus even when we've searched for him in all the wrong ways. I love Peter says, I'm going fishing. Now, this is an interesting thing because I want you to understand Peter's looking at life through a particular lens for a second, right? Where Jesus promised Peter and the disciples, he says, listen, you're going to be, you're going to follow me. You're going to become part of my kingdom. We're going to rule and reign together. And in their mind, that means Jesus is going to set up a kingdom. He's going to own some land, some donkeys, some cows. He's going to have a palace. He's going to live here. We're going to live with him. We're going to rule with him. We're probably going to get some titles. This is going to be amazing. And then Jesus says, I got to go die now. And Peter's like, uh, pause. I thought we were going to rule and reign the whole thing. What's, and Jesus says, oh, we're going to rule and reign, just not the way you thought. And how many of us have ever found ourselves, God says, we're going to do it this way. And we're like, oh, dope. And we've got to figure it out in our mind. God goes, no, 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 not that way, this way. And we're like, pause. Right? And he looks at him. And how many of us have ever found ourselves in situations like Peter where 
whenever life has brought us to places we didn't think it would, we changed our mind about what we thought the outcome had to be. Maybe even because Jesus didn't do what we thought he would, we changed in our mind what the outcome had to be. And I love that Peter's in this place where he's, he's searching for Jesus, but listen to me, he went fishing. Why do you think he went fishing? Where do you think it was that Jesus found Peter? Fishing. You see, Peter wasn't interested in fish. He was interested in getting back to the same place Jesus found him the first time. And he said, if I got to go back to where it started, I'll go back to where it started if I can find what I'm looking for. The problem is, how many have ever found out that when you're looking for something worldly or needing something spiritual, that worldly thing never does for you what you thought it would? And so Peter's going fishing, but he can't find what he's looking for, which brings me to the third thing. Jesus is the real fulfillment of what you've always been looking for. Jesus is the real fulfillment of what you've always been looking for. And so Peter says, I'm going, I want to go look for the same fulfillment that I used to get from something else. I want to go find the thing that will fulfill me. Peter went back to the same place he met Jesus. Peter was looking for Jesus in all the wrong ways. But here's a good part I want you to know about this, the beginning of this story. And the reason I'm giving you this is because this is going to segue to where I actually want to be today. But you got to grab a hold of some of these things. The last thing is that Jesus has a way of delivering what you couldn't. Jesus has a way of delivering what you couldn't. Right? They went out all night and they caught what? Nothing. Now, let me ask you a question. These are professional fishermen. You know what the difference between a professional fisherman and an amateur fisherman is? A professional fisherman can catch fish when they're not biting. Right? All of us got a cousin that's like, let's go fishing, and then we won't catch nothing all day. We're sunburnt. We're angry. We're hungry. That sandwich for lunch we ate at 9 a.m. because we got here way too early. Right? Okay, so y'all know what I'm talking about? All right, so... So what happened? The difference between professional fishermen and amateur fishermen, these guys knew when to catch fish even when they weren't biting, but they caught nothing. They were in boats that they knew, with nets that they knew, and water that they knew, but they couldn't catch the thing that they already knew how to catch. And for some of you, you're in the career that you know, in the marriage that you know, in the relationships that you know, surrounded by the people that you know, but for some reason you're still not getting where you want to be. And maybe it's because you're doing it out without the one thing that can change everything. So he says, cast a net again. And in other words, do it my way, not your way. And I can imagine this right now, looking at Jesus like, bro, I already tried that. And maybe, maybe this fishing analogy is losing you for a second. So maybe it's God going, hey, you just need to be faithful at your job. And you're going, I've been faithful at my job for a year and I'm still miserable. Hey, you need to be faithful to your spouse. Man, you, God, you, don't, you just don't understand what we've been going through lately. Maybe I don't understand it the way you think I don't understand it, but I'm here to tell you I've been tempted in every way. Like, I, I know what it feels like to be betrayed. I know what it feels like to go through a few things. And listen to me, you still need to be faithful to what I called you to. You need to be faithful to where I put you. You need to be faithful to the season. And so here we are. Maybe we don't cast nets like, like fishermen on boats, but I'm here to tell you there are seasons of your life where you are tempted to give up on the thing God told you to do again. And you're going, I already did it. And he says, I want you to do it my way now. And so here we are in this place. That's why Matthew 6, 33 through 34 says, but seek first the kingdom of God. See, how many of us are tempted to pursue all of these things and hope that we get the kingdom? But it says in Matthew, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things, they'll just be added to you as well. For many of us, God is the secondary issue. 
God's way for us to live, God's way for us to believe. Jesus ruling our life is the secondary part of our primary life, which is just to get whatever we want. And I'm here to tell you, what if it's get Jesus and he'll give you whatever you need? Now, I didn't think we would be hooting and hollering and jumping over pews this part of the sermon, but I think we'll get there in just a minute, okay? Some of you are like, oh, for real? No, no, I'm just kidding. All right. so, so, so here's what I want you to understand. So Peter goes through this season. We've seen these points that we can pull out of where Peter's at in this season, but now I want to show you the, the reality of what we're unpacking, and I want to show you what's, next, what's the next step in discovering our identity in Christ, because that's actually what I want to show you today, because there's something that is going on with Peter that we need to unpack. Turn your neighbor and say, Peter. All right, so if you're at home, turn to your cat and say, Peter. All right, and then kick your cat out because cats are evil creatures. You don't need them in your house. All right, just get it. I'm just, all right, so, so what's, next, what's next to step into your identity with Christ? All right, and so here we have Peter, and let's unpack this. The first thing I want you to understand, in our attempts to get away, Jesus constantly invites us in. In our attempts to get away, Jesus invites us in. Now, this is important that we understand because I believe many of us have disqualified ourselves from Christ, from Jesus being able to do something great with our life because we think we've done too many things, gone down too many roads, crossed over too many bridges, burned too many things in the past. I'm here to tell you that when we try to get away because of what we've done, Jesus still invites us in. And I want to go to Matthew 21, 9 through 10, and we're picking up on the story. So again, Peter's jumped into the water, and when they got to land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. Now, I always think it's interesting that even though Jesus already has what we need, what, is it, what does it say is cooking on the shore? Fish. What does Jesus ask them to bring anyways? Fish, because listen to me, Jesus will always ask you to bring what you have, even though he has enough without what you have. Jesus is always interested in what you bring to the table. He's always interested in what you have with you. He's always interested. He wants you to bring your baggage. He wants you to bring your problems. He wants you to bring your hurts and your pains. He wants you to bring everything that you have. He wants you to bring you the good. He wants you to bring the bad. He wants you to bring your purpose. He wants you to bring your skills, your talents, your passions, your treasure. He wants you to bring what you have, the good stuff, the bad stuff. Bring it with you. I've got enough for you here, but I still want you to bring what you've got with you. And we always think that Jesus is just like, hey, listen, once you can deal with your stuff, then come to me. I'm here to tell you what we see Jesus speaking to Peter is, hey, bring some of what you've caught, even though I've got enough. So he looks at him, he says, bring it to me. And then Jesus said to him, come and have breakfast. I love the fact that Jesus and his boys ate before they did anything else. Let's go. All right. But I want you to understand this. This is such a beautiful moment because Jesus literally looks at Peter and says, hey, I want you to come as you are. Just come. Like, just get in here. Now, remember what's happened right now. Peter's denied Jesus three times, right? Peter commissioned, I mean, Jesus commissioned Peter. He said, I want you to go out, take the gospel to everyone you can find. This good news, the story of who I am. So Jesus has commissioned Peter. Peter denied Jesus three times and then went back to who he used to be rather than fulfilling the purpose of who he currently is. Can anybody relate? So he goes, goes back to who he used to be rather than fulfilling the purpose of who he is, right? And Jesus looks at him and he still says, hey, I still want you to come though. Come as you, I know you hadn't figured that part out. I still want you to come over here. I still want you to come eat with me. I still want you to dine with me. I still want to talk with you. I still want to hang out with you. I still want to call you something because listen, Jesus says, come as you are, but he doesn't say stay as you are. So it says, listen, I want you to come here 
because I know you're dealing with a few things, but if you'll get here, I'll help you deal with the things you're dealing with so we can get you back on track with where I want you to be. And so Peter, Peter comes and Jesus is talking with him. And it's again, in our attempts to get away, how amazing is it that Jesus still brings us in? How amazing is it that everything you've gone through, everything you've done, everything you've piled up, all the secrets you have in your closet haven't disqualified you from what God is calling you to right now? How amazing is it that Jesus hasn't removed his love from you just because you've messed some things up? Are there any people in here that have messed some things up so far? Anybody in here got some stuff that you wish you could forget about in your past? Has anybody made some mistakes before? All right, so this uh, 13, 14, 15, the rest of you are lying and now you have that in you. Okay, like, any, and we've all messed it up. And that's the beautiful part. Jesus looks at us and says, I know you've messed that up. I want you to come here anyways. This is amazing. So in our attempts to get away, Jesus brings us in. But then I want you to understand this next thing is that living in your new identity is optional. Living in your new identity is optional. You see, for many of us, we think, oh, man, Jesus did something great in my life. This is going to be amazing. And then all of a sudden, we get right back around some of our old friends. We get some of our old habits, and we end up right back where we used to be. Listen to me. You being saved may be something God is doing in you, but you walking out the new identity God gave you is up to you. Listen to me. You get to pick which name tag you put on in the morning. So you either get to put on an old name tag that's dirty and crusty and nasty and it's got all the stuff in your past on it, or you get to put on the new name tag that Jesus says you are. We get the choice to pick which identity we're going to walk in and live in. John 21, 15, when they had finished eating breakfast because Jesus didn't do anything before food. Listen, I'm just saying this is all biblical, all right? Y'all can figure this out on your own, okay? So... When they finished eating breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. Now, I think this is interesting because Jesus has consistently up until this point spoken to Peter, not Simon. But at this moment, he speaks to Simon, not Peter. Now, for those of you that are new in church, this is the same person. So Simon, son of John, Jesus meets him and he says, you know what? Since I'm calling you to something new, I'm going to call you something new. And for some of you you need to remember, because God called you to something new, he's also calling you something new. And you need to start calling you what God calls you. And so he's calling him something new. He says, he says, you're no longer Simon. You are now Peter. Now, the interesting thing about what is going on here is in this moment, he speaks to Simon, not Peter. He says, Simon, son of John. Do you love me? Now, the reason this is important is because Peter was the man of revelation. If we go back a couple of chapters, if we go back earlier in the book, there's a moment, many of you may remember this, where Jesus looks at Simon and he says, who do you say that I am? He says, who do people say that I am? Right? He says that some say you're a prophet. Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're, you know, you're one of the others. He says, well, who do you say that I am? And he says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus speaks to Simon and he says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but God in heaven has revealed this to you. And now your name will be Peter, which means rock. And on this rock, I will build my church. And God spoke to a broken, desperate, hurting man and said, you no longer have to be a broken, desperate, hurting man. But now I'm going to make you somebody different. And he said, not only am I going to make something great out of you, I'm also going to inspire you with a revelation to know who I am. The problem was he forgot the revelation because he got scared of what life looked like without him. 
And since he forgot the revelation, Jesus spoke to the man without the revelation instead of speaking to the man with the revelation. And if you ever feel like you're in a season where God is speaking to you without revelation, that might be because you went to places you weren't supposed to go back to. And so, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Of course I love you. Peter was the man of revelation. Simon was just the fisherman. Jesus spoke to who he was being rather than he was supposed to be. Right? It was Peter's old self, Simon, that went back fishing. It was Peter's old self, Simon, that denied him three times. It was Peter's old self, Simon, that disbelieved. It was Peter's old self, sparked by his denial of Christ and furthered by his running from his calling, right? And I'm going to tell you today, for some of you, some of you are acting disqualified. And it's not that you're disqualified. It's just that you're living in an old you instead of a new you. Some of you believe that God can't do something great with your life. The problem isn't that God can't do something great with your life. The problem is you keep living with an old name tag instead of putting on the new name tag. You keep believing that God can't move you forward. God can move you forward, but you're going to have to leave Simon behind if you really want to find Peter. And so he gets him there. And that's why I love like, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, right, as the author is writing, he says this. Since we're surrounded by people that can confirm who we are, since we're surrounded by people that can affirm what God has called us to, what does he say? Throw off everything that hinders you and the sin that so easily entangles you. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on who? Your past, fixing your eyes on your disqualifications, fixing your eyes on what's behind you, fixing your eyes on what's uncertain. No, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter. Some say the author and finisher of our faith. And listen, I want you to grab a hold of this. It's time that we make all things about the one thing that changes everything. It's time we make all things in our life about the one thing, Jesus, that changes everything. It's time that we make progress in understanding who we are. But listen to me, you can have a new identity and not walk in it. I'm going to say it again. You can have a new identity and not walk in it. Some of you think, well, Jesus saved me. I'm automatically a new creation. Yes, you are. But that doesn't mean you get to put on the new creation name tag every morning if you don't choose to. And some of us, it's time that we start walking in that. So we go back to John 21, and we, we see in verse 15 that we just read, what does Jesus say to Peter? He says, do you love me? And Peter looks at him. Simon, at this point, says, Of course I love you. But there's interesting because there's two different words for love in this text. See, in English, it just says, do you love me? Of course. And he says, of course I love you. But when we read this in the Hebrew, we actually see that they spoke two different words. And Jesus looks at Peter and he says, do you agape me? That's a Hebrew word for love. And agape is a powerful, emotional, goes beyond your comprehension. I love you more than anything that I've ever loved ever, ever in the history of the world, ever. It goes beyond just an emotional affection even. It's a spiritual connection. It's something that you have with very few people. Do you agape? Do you have a love for me? The way God loved the world is agape love. Jesus looks at him and says, do you agape love me? And then the other word for love is phileo, which phileo is a, I love you, bro. And Jesus looks at Peter and he says, do you agape me? And Peter looks at him and says, you know, I phileo you. Jesus is saying, do you have more love for me than anything in the world? And Jesus says, you know, I love you, bro. And I don't know if any of you are married in here, but if my wife were to be like, do you love me? And I were to be like, you know, I love you, bro. 
that don't mean the same thing, does it? If my wife, we were to go on a date and we were having a very intimate moment, we're looking at each other over a candle, we're eating dinner, and we're sharing our hearts with one another, and she would go, I love you so much. And I were to respond with, you know I love you, bro. How many of y'all know that doesn't mean the same thing? Right? That's going to end differently than I thought it was. <laughs> right? This is the moment Jesus and Peter are having right now. Jesus is saying, do you love me more than anything in the world? Do you have a strong, rich, deep connection to me that supersedes everything in your heart? Do you love me? And Peter goes, you know I love you, bro. And listen to me, they weren't on the same wavelength. But the good news about this is the next point, where we are isn't where Jesus intends to leave us. Where we are isn't where Jesus intends to leave us. Because where we are might be a phileo kind of love. Where we are might be, I know I love you, bro. Where we are might be, I'm a little, still a little uncertain as to all the things that are going on. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus looks at it and goes, that's okay. But Jesus goes on to ask. When we go to John 21, let's pick up in verses 16 and 17. What does he say? He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love, do you agape me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you, phileo. So again, he, he asked him the same question, got the same response because Peter is dense, bro. Okay. So uh, he going, of course, you know, I love you, bro. He said to him, tend my sheep. So he said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you, this is Jesus talking the third time he looks at him and says, Simon, cause he's still talking to the old him because Peter hasn't shown up yet. The revelation hasn't shown back up yet. The reality that Jesus is better than everything hasn't shown back up. So he's still speaking to Simon. He says, Simon, do you, and listen to me, he changes his word. He says, do you phileo me? Okay, I get it. You don't agape love me. So do, you know what? I'll tell you what. You're not where I want you to be, but I'll meet you where you are. Instead of me demanding that you come here, listen, I'll come there. Do you feel like, do, do you love me, bro? And gee, Simon looks at him and goes, and Peter, sorry, Peter was grieved. Because he said to him a third time, this is right here in your notes. Because he said time, a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Jesus said, you're not where I want you to be. But while you're getting there, listen to me, while you're getting there, I still have purpose for you. Every time Jesus asked Simon, do you love me? And Simon answered him incorrectly. Jesus still had a mission for him to fulfill. Which, listen to me, what I'm trying to tell you is, just because your life isn't where you thought it would be, where you wish it would be, Jesus hasn't done what you thought he was going to do, you haven't gotten to the places you thought you were going to get to, it doesn't mean your life doesn't have something that he wants to do with it. It doesn't mean it doesn't have a purpose. It doesn't mean there's not some mission that he doesn't want you on. God wants to do something with our lives, even if our lives look different than what we thought it was going to look like, even if things aren't going the way we thought they were going to go. And so he looks at him and he says, you know what, you're not where I want you to be, but listen to me, what does he say in verse? 19 and after saying this to him he said you know what don't worry about where you're not yet I'm interested in where you are come follow me and I'll get you where you've got to go 
I think this is beautiful because how many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three. How many times did Jesus ask Peter, does he love him? Three. Which tells me this. For every time we deny Jesus in our life, Jesus gives an opportunity to love him. For every time we've denied Jesus in our life, he gives us an opportunity to love him. And talking about how Jesus transforms people's lives, we've got a story that we want to show you right now of one of my dear friends, an amazing person in this church, and how God's doing something in his life and in his family. Let's roll it, guys. I've always wanted uh, to seek respect. So doing a lot of different things to, to get that respect, whether it was mostly bad, uh, stepping out of my character. If I would have never made it here, I don't know where I'd be. My name is Jacob Hedden. Me and my wife are wanting to, you know, find a home. And uh, we had, you know, went to a previous church and we were looking for a place to heal, uh, really, from our past experience. And uh, I remember looking on Instagram and seeing these clips that Pastor Brad was doing and it was just like fire emoji, fire emoji all over the sermon, you know, those sermon clips. And he hit me up one day and he was like, man, let's meet up for lunch. And the first thing that Pastor Justin and Pastor Brad said to us was, uh, we don't expect anything out of you. Uh, if you need a place to heal and to sit and kind of reflect, then then we'll, we will be that place for you. And man, after they said that, it was, uh, it was just a light bulb went off and it kind of drew us here. For me going through Next Steps, it was more of just wanting to get to know the church a little better. But I knew going into it where I wanted to be and it was Next Steps. I already put on my Connect card, I want to serve on the Next Steps team, which is crazy. It was three months in, man. and. I was teaching next steps about what this church means and you know what we stand for and our focus and it's just truly a testament to hey I've only been here for three months and let me tell you about what it's done for me. I think one of the things that I really truly love about TC is that you just feel a sense of like urgency to know Christ more. And it's just like different connections that I've gotten to to really uh, embrace, you know, and with our group. We do a we do a, a just let the kids play group where we take the kids to the park and we just let them run run wild there's a little girl who's in that group and her name's abby and i love abby because me and she we have like this little frisbee game we play uh, at the park and i told her i said listen if you don't come this saturday i'm throwing this frisbee away and guess who was there abby was there and we threw the frisbee the whole time with her and my little boys and it was just fun man we really just look forward to like laughing and like sharing those stories with each other about man these kids are crazy like listen to what my kid did to me this this weekend or my kids or whatever and then you start kind of like laughing about it and you go you know i really like, we really do love our kids right they bring some like a fun atmosphere and then you can like turn that into spiritual uh, conversation. I want to know that somebody is going through another dad, maybe going through the same thing that I'm going through. You know, I kind of grew up in, in like a, a culture where like you got to gain respect, you know, and um, if you don't have respect, you don't have anything. You know, I've had a lot of people not choose me because even when I thought I was at my best, they didn't choose me. You know, they, they overlooked me, did whatever they had to do, uh, chose somebody else when I thought I was killing the game. And knowing that at my worst that God chose me, I didn't know that until I got here. You don't have to have it all together. You know, God chose you. He knew who you were even before you were in your mother's womb. When you even thought about on this earth, he knew exactly who you were and who you were going to be, what you were going to do. 
and he still chose you. And for someone like me who constantly overthinks about what I'm, like, what's the next thing I gotta do to gain approval from people, there's always that reminder, you don't have to seek for approval. You know, if you're consistently living for other people's approval, the rejection's gonna hit you a thousand times harder. Being at TC and, and really understanding who God is, for someone to take the time, for the people of this church to take the time to actually pour into me so I have an understanding of who God is, if I would have never made it here, I don't know where I'd be. You know, the first time I heard, we wanna build a house like heaven, and what was, what's heaven gonna look like and what's it gonna sound like, um, that, that hit that hit me tremendously because being here and being, you know, seeing your people every single Sunday and going to groups and first Wednesday night, tears are flowing. You just give those high fives and those hugs and it's like, this is home. So here's the reality that I want all of you guys to grab a hold of. It's this last point. And that's you have a next step. Turn to your neighbor and say next step. You have a next step that Jesus is asking you to take that will unlock the fulfillment for your present and for your future. You have a next step that Jesus is asking you to take to unlock the fulfillment. Say fulfillment. To unlock the fulfillment for your present and your future. Man, God is wanting to do something amazing in your life. And I'm here to tell you, he's ready to do it. I told you earlier, me and Nate started playing golf and we're pretty sure we're just as terrible out as it now as we were, but when we started. And literally that conversation about like, are we getting any better? That conversation wasn't a month ago. It was two days ago. It was Friday, right? And uh, I think we had both. I, I know I lost seven golf balls that day. I don't remember what number he was on. He was like, are we even getting better? And I was like, I don't know, bro. I'm just trying not to lose my mind out here, right? And, uh, and I thought it was so interesting. He's like, oh, man, are we getting better? Like, are we even getting there? Does it like, you know, like, and, and it was so funny because we calculated our scores that day. And he texted me later. He was like, bro, I scored a whatever he scored on the front nine. It was better than mine. So I, don't really, I forgot. I already blocked it out of my memory. But he was like, I scored like a 43 or 40 something on the front nine, which is really good for amateur golfers. Some of you are like, 43, is that? I don't know. Like, so he was like, oh, man, like we, we started to calculate our score. And here's the deal. Listen to me. We got so much better in like three months. Now, we're not great. So if you play golf with us, don't get your hopes up, all right? But like, we're not great. Listen, but we got so much better. But I, it's so important that you understand this, that in the moments when it's so easy to see what's not perfect, you're missing what's progressing. In the moments where it's so easy to look at your life and go, man, I haven't got this and I haven't got that and I haven't got this and I haven't got that. Yeah, maybe you haven't gotten all those things, but listen, it's not about perfection, it's about progress. And you may not be where you hoped you'd be at this point, but listen to me, you're not where you were a month ago or three months ago or six months ago. So embrace the progress, even if you can't seem to find perfection. Because just like our terrible golf games, you're always gonna have something to work on, all right? You're always gonna have something you gotta clean up. You're always gonna have something that Jesus is gonna be working out of you. And listen, the second you get that thing figured out, guess what shows up over here? Something else, which means for the rest of your life, people say, you mean to tell me for the rest of my life, I'm going to need Jesus to help me? Yes, that's exactly what I'm telling you, which means we keep showing up. Listen, in light of the lack of perfection, we keep showing up because we keep seeing progress. 
as we aim to be like Jesus. And so there's a next step for you. It's, for some of you, it is next steps today at 12 o'clock. Go to brunch, come back, go to next steps. Let us help you find fulfillment and let's get you moving because some of what a lot of you are missing right now is you're waiting on something crazy to happen before you can say yes. I'm gonna tell you, say yes and then watch God start unpacking the things for you that he's ready to get you moving in. That's why Ephesians 4 verse one, Paul says this. He says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Not a life perfect. I urge you to live a life, listen to me, of saying yes over and over and over again. Even if you haven't got to figure it figured out, even if you don't know how this is gonna work, even if you're a little bit unsure, even if you're kind of, ah, I don't know about this. Listen, keep saying yes. Live a life worthy because as long as you're saying yes, you're progressing. What's progressing? Your character is progressing. Your ability to be like Jesus is progressing. Your worship heart is progressing. Everything in you that needs to start reflecting God better is progressing. Listen, live a life worthy. Progress of the calling, selection, the desire, the movement, the fulfillment, the purpose that he's given you. And as long as we're doing that, listen to me, we're making strides for next steps. You guys ready for that? In Jesus' name, let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that you've called us, you're doing something amazing in our lives. And God, we thank you that you haven't just left us to ourselves, but there are next steps that we can take. And so God, as some of us are gonna say yes, even today, Say yes to going to next steps. Say yes to finding a spot on the dream team. Say yes to getting ready to start seeing our lives move forward where it's kind of been stagnant because of uncertainty. God, we thank you that you don't leave us to ourselves, but you help us focus on progress rather than perfection. And so God, as we get ready to move forward, I pray for every heart, every mind, every person, God, that you would help us see you're calling us to something great. We thank you today and we love you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. With everyone's head bowed and your eyes closed today, if you're here and you're like, man, Brad, I, I do wanna make progress. I do wanna get moving. I do want all those things. But what I know is that I believe in God, but I don't know that Jesus is the Lord of my life. In other words, I still believe that I've allowed sin to separate me from God, but I'm ready to put my faith in Jesus that when he died on the cross, he paid for my sins. And today, if you're at that place where you know you've got things that have separated you from God, but you're ready to put your faith in Jesus that when he died, he paid for the sins of your life so that you could be close to God again, so that you could stand before God clean, then I'm here to tell you he's ready to meet you today. And I wanna invite you to pray this prayer with me and the whole church will pray it with you. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer is putting words to the actions of your heart that says, Jesus, I'm believing in you. And so let's pray today. Father, we thank you. So let's pray this out loud and pray this after me. And let's make a declaration with our mouth of what we're believing in our hearts. So repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. Make me pure and make me whole. I believe you died for me, so I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's put our hands together for all those that prayed that, perhaps for the first time. We celebrate with you, this is awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. 
MyTC.Life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.